Hey there, if you are ready to build your service-based business from scratch and ditch your nine to five, then I want you to head on over to shedidaherwaypodcast.com forward slash leap and download my free ultimate leap checklist and starter kit. Again, you can head to shedidaherwaypodcast.com forward slash leap to download my ultimate leap checklist and starter kit to get started on building your service-based business and ditching your nine to five. Hello and welcome to She Did It Her Way, a podcast dedicated to helping you launch a business that allows you the freedom to create from anywhere, design your own schedule in a way that supports you, and pursue what it is that lights you up. I'm Amanda Boleyn, your host, and it is time to do it your way. Hello, hello, my friends. Let me just say you guys are in for a real treat today. Today is part one of a two-part podcast series where I am going to share with you everything I learned, the good, the bad, the ugly, highs and lows, and key takeaways from launching my online course, BYOB Accelerator, which is Become Your Own Boss Accelerator. So Become Your Own Boss Accelerator launched as a five-week program with the goal to help women identify their skill set and leverage it to create their own service-based business and help them find their freedom. So every week for five weeks, new content was released every Monday morning at 9 a.m. And each week we had a one-hour group coaching call. And a few weeks after the initial five weeks was over, there was one bonus group coaching call sort of to wrap everything up, give the women who are in the group some time to implement some of the lessons that they learned and just to basically create an environment where they could ask questions and follow up questions to the content. So each week after for a total of five weeks, like I said, there's new content release from defining your core services, creating your online presence, understanding legal and accounting processes and systems, time management, and mindset. So let me preface that I moved through this entire process at lightning speed. And as I was doing it, I knew that I wasn't doing it the quote unquote correct way, but the purpose of this first course for me was to get the first version out. I knew it wouldn't be 100% perfect and I was completely okay with that. Um, I want to share this experience because I think oftentimes we use procrastination as a buffer and a reason to not take action and we find excuses from it not being perfect or I don't have enough time and so we never take action. So for me in this experience, it was all about just taking massive action, getting it out there and being okay with it not being 100% perfect. Now, like I said, this is a two-part episode. So in this episode, I am going to cover in depth the following. I'm going to cover the timeline, the ideation process. So this is how I came up with the idea, how I put it together, the outline content, along with the actual structure of the course. I'm going to talk about how I marketed and promoted the course, including the sales page and webinars, some of the key challenges as it relates to the first part of the course building and launching, what I do differently, software tools that I use throughout the process, and then I will share my biggest takeaway with you. And throughout each of these parts, I will definitely be sharing some of my emotional journey and any resistance I met along the way, including mistakes and challenges, which I met a lot of it. And uh, that is what I've, I've shared with you earlier on the podcast, that when you take massive action, you meet resistance. That is part of the process. That actually is a good, that's a really great indication that you are on the right track because you are meeting resistance and you are taking massive action. So let's dive in. 
So starting with the timeline, it was mid to late August when I had gotten the idea about the accelerator. I then created a sales page the last week in August. I promoted in my Herway community Facebook group and to my email list. I hosted a series of webinars um, the week of Monday, September 10th, 11th, and 12th. I did one each of the three days. And then um, doors closed on Sunday, September 16th. Module one dropped Monday, September 17th. Week five, the final week, was the week of Monday, October 15th. And then the final bonus call was Tuesday, November 6th. So as you can see, this was a highly, highly condensed um, from start to finish, which normally when you do courses, it really has a lot more probably thought and methodology into it. There's a much longer promotional time. Um, It is not done at the speed that I did it. But again, remember, my purpose of this was okay, I have this idea, like I could wait, I could sit on it, or I could take action and know that it's not going to be perfect and get the first version out there. So I have all this content and I can iterate it later. So let's go into the ideation process. How did I decide what content I wanted in it? How did I decide who it was for? And really this, so mid to late August is when I got the idea for the BYOB accelerator. And then over the past handful of years, I have always been asked uh, a lot of different questions about how to start a business, whether it's from friends or family members, even strangers or listeners like you, um, emailing me and asking me like, what do I do if I want to be a freelancer? Where do I get my health insurance? If I'm an entrepreneur, how do I price my services? Where do I find clients? How do I create a landing page? And so much more. So we really started with the questions that I was receiving and found a theme through all of those. And when it came to ideating the actual product and what I wanted to cover, I used what is called the sticky note method. And I first heard about the sticky note method from Amy Porterfield's podcast. It's episode 206, the post-it content creation mini training. So if you're at all interested in it, you can check it out. Again, it's episode 206 on Amy Porterfield's podcast. I highly recommend checking it out, checking out that episode, especially if you're ever interested in creating a course, a book, or any sort of online product. So a few key takeaways from the sticky note method are, is that first, you want to use the sticky notes to identify who the course or whatever it is that you're building, who it's for. So for me, I was using sticky notes, really diving into who this BYOB accelerator was for. I was thinking about, okay, what are their thoughts? fears and what are they thinking? What do they believe about their current situation? And my goal and your goal when you do this is to really understand what is going on in their mind. And you literally just take sticky notes and you write them on um, every sticky note. You write a thought on a sticky note, post it up on the wall, write another sticky note, post it up on the wall. And this is such a good activity to get you in the habit of just writing and posting, writing and posting and taking everything that comes to you. And then it's also allowing you to get it all out and see it in this beautiful visual um, oasis, if you will, but you can see it in front of you versus looking at a screen or just like a single eight and a half by 11 piece of paper. And with the sticky notes, it allows you to shift and move things when you need to or eliminate or to put something new on the sticky notes. So again, first is identify um, who the BYOB course was for. What are their feelings, their thoughts, their fears? The second piece that I did was then I needed to identify what would they feel 
how would they feel after going through my course? So I took what they're currently feeling and then what the desired situation, what their desired feelings would be after going through my course. So what is the result that I wanted them to have? How would I want them to feel? What would they gain? Again, this was all done on sticky notes. So on one side of the wall, I put how are they currently feeling? And then on the other side of the wall, I put how they would feel after going through my course. What were some of the emotions and thoughts that they would think? Then the third part is brainstorming the topics that I wanted to cover. And so for me, I had previously brainstormed and had a notebook on my Evernote about some of the topics, some of the key core like categories, if you will, that I wanted to cover, just like I'd shared before. So that was... Um, helping people identify their core services and creating an online presence. Understanding legal and accounting is constantly a really big question, especially when it comes to health insurance or what legal entity and what are the next steps and when do I incorporate? Then I also wanted to cover a little bit of processes and systems, especially because in the beginning, you want to get in the mindset of how can I systematize and put templates and processes in place in my business because that ultimately allows you to scale because then you can plug and play and bring on people so that they can you can plug them into your process. And then the last piece is time management and mindset, which mindset is so important in entrepreneurship and just in life so that you can, as a business owner, continue to grow and level up. And then, so since I knew that I had those categories, it was really time for me to use the sticky notes to come up with specific topics and things that I wanted to teach under each category. And so I had to ask myself, okay, so what is it about defining services that are important? What goes into defining services? What are things that exercises people need to go through? And so I started writing those down and putting them in post-it notes. Um, I asked myself, what are the key things about building and creating an online presence? So that is getting set up on a simple email marketing system, creating a lead-in or, or excuse me, lead gen or an opt-in that makes sense with the services that you're offering so that you can start building your email list. What about legal and accounting? all of those things. So I started diving and I started writing on post-it notes. I will say pro tip, because I knew the categories, I gave each of the different five categories a different color of post-it notes, or I think I had four different colors. And so one color was repeated, but then that way, when I went to go and dive deeper into each category, I used the corresponding color of the post-it note. So visually, um, it was appealing and it didn't feel super scattered, but it allowed me to be a little bit more organized, especially when I was posting it. And funny story, I had tried posting them on my actual wall, but the paint in my apartment was not allowing it to stick. So I used our closet door. So for about a good month, our closet door had sticky notes all over the closet door, especially when you walk into the apartment. So it was quite funny. I just had to tell my husband, I was like, they're only going to be there for a month. Don't worry. So you can get crafty um, and figure out different places you can put your sticky notes if the wall does not work. So, um, and then also again, Amy Porterfield's episode 206 to learn more about the sticky note method. Okay. So let's get into the outline. So while I was creating the course content, I started to think about the actual structure, the physical structure. So did I want to offer coaching calls? Did I want to do this? live? If so, how often? When would the calls be? How many weeks would the entire course be? Did I want to, like I said, did I want to do this live or have it evergreen where people can just come in to and purchase a course at any time that they would like. So evergreen, like I said, it would be that anyone can sign up at any time versus launching it and closing it. And then I also took an account, like 
since this was the first version, I knew that it wouldn't be perfect. And so I was working in the constraints of my personal schedule. Cause when I looked at my calendar and I worked backwards, um, it actually left me at five weeks, which is why there are five modules and the time and day of the Q and a calls of the coaching calls each week were based on making sure that they didn't conflict with existing client work that I was traveling for and then pre-existing her way society coaching calls. So I've seen courses structured to fit four weeks all the way up to eight weeks. You can design it in any way you want. I highly recommend that if you are thinking about doing an online course to do a little research online and see what other people are doing, especially dependent upon the type of course that you want to launch or um, the material and the content that you are delivering. So let's dive into how I marketed and promoted the course. So this is when I started to meet a little bit of resistance because everything up until this point was just me planning, me being in this safe environment in my apartment. And I was getting to be creative and come up with all this stuff. And then now it was it like at this point, it was go time. It, it was like, okay, now I really need to see if this is something that people are interested. So I'm going to start with the, the building of the sales page. After I knew my core modules and the structure of the course and who it was for and the lessons that I wanted to um, include in the corresponding modules, all I needed to do was build a landing page to tell visitors what the course was about, to get them excited, to get them on a wait list. And one thing is, is that when you create a course or content, you need to host your materials um, somewhere. So the software I used is called Podia, and you can actually get a free trial and poking around Podia if you head to shedidithherwaypodcast.com forward slash Podia and you can check it out and see how it works and how you can house different courses and different downloadables um, for your business as well. One of the big lessons I learned early on years ago is that when you create your course is to not actually create the entire course, especially in the beginning. Um, I've seen a lot of times where people will create an entire course. They'll build all the modules. They'll get everything done and they put so much time and effort into it and then they go to sell and it is absolute crickets. And so one of the things here is that you want to build the outline and build the structure and communicate it through a sales page enough that it tells the visitor who's coming to that website what it is that you're offering and what they can expect when they purchase your product. And so this actually led me to drip the content. So since the content wasn't actually built, I dripped it. So each week there was a new module release. So new module released every Monday at 9 a.m., with a new module and corresponding lesson. So each week during the five weeks, I was creating content every single week. And I'll talk a little bit more on that as well. But back to the sales page, it included the following. I had an intro, which is what the accelerator um, is about, who it was for, and the results that they would get, and some of the experiences and feelings that they maybe were currently feeling, and then the desired feeling. So taking everything from the post-it notes and basically putting it onto the sales page. I included the outline of the modules. So again, this is what someone would expect. I told them when the calls were going to be, what the weeks were, um, the workbooks that they'd be getting. And then I also included an FAQ. FAQs are good just in case people have um, some limiting beliefs or if they just have additional information. A FAQ section is really helpful for that. And then I also purchased the www.byobaccelerator.com and I was able to log in to GoDaddy and then point that domain to my sales page that was hosted on Podia. And again, so since this was a beta version of the BYOB Accelerator and I knew it wasn't going to be perfect, I wanted to price it in a way that made it a no-brainer for folks to sign up. And the reason why I priced it 
the way that it was, was because I wanted feedback from the course. It was my first launch for BYOB and it allowed me to not worry about having to have everything perfect the first go around. And I knew that ultimately I wanted this first run to get it out there, then go back, get feedback, understand what worked well and what didn't and learn how I can improve the next time. So I priced it at $97 and I had 14 people sign up for it. Now let's get into the marketing and promotional side of this. So, okay, this is where when I say that I didn't do it the quote unquote correct way is because I took what would normally be at least a eight to 12 week promotional timeline and condensed it into two and a half weeks. And also depending on the product you're selling, the price, it typically is wise to have an entire funnel built out, which would look like creating an opt-in that leads to what it is that you're selling. And since I brainstormed, created, and built the course in such a quick time frame, I didn't entirely take part in the overall strategy. However, I did have two and a half weeks to promote the course, but instead of promoting the actual course, I knew I needed to build in value and at least create some sort of proper funnel. So with that, I created a webinar masterclass that I was able to promote on a few podcast episodes called How to Build a Freelance Business from Scratch Without the Overwhelm. This required me to quickly learn about a new software called Webinar Jam. Webinar Jam actually isn't new, but it was new to me. So I also needed, in addition to learning Webinar Jam, I also needed to map out the funnel. I pointed people to the signup page for the free masterclass at shedidherwaypodcast.com forward slash freelance. And then from there, I needed to make sure that the page was pointing to the webinar link where people could actually sign up. And I will say that Webinar Jam was super easy and intuitive to use and learn. I also promoted the webinar in her way community as well throughout the email list and on the podcast. Now there was talking about promoting inside her way community. There was a time um, when I did promote inside her way community and I like had put everything together. I built the sales page and I hopped on live and I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys check this out. This is amazing. Da, 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 da. And I had this total expectation. I'm like, people are going to sign up for gangbusters and they're just going to take advantage of it. So once I did this live, I went in a moment's time, like so excited to when no one immediately signed up. I had all these flooding thoughts of like, is it not good enough? What am I doing wrong? Like, should I even do this? Is this dumb that I'm trying to promote this in such a short time frame? Like, are people thinking I'm crazy? Do they think that I'm just going off the cuff? All of these self-deprecating thoughts were flooding into me and the resistance was coming over. And it was this such murky time in these short two and a half weeks because I was thinking I'm doing all of this work and I don't even know if people are going to sign up. And I realized that at the tail end of it, once it got to the point where the course was actually going to close and then we were stopping when people started signing up more, because I will say a bulk of the signups came in the last three days, is when it started to shift. And I had to stay committed to the end result of what I was creating, regardless of what was happening, because I needed to get that first one out. And so I say this because when you, like I said before, with resistance, anytime you're doing something that you've never done before and you are putting yourself out there and being vulnerable, like you are bound to run into resistance. But girlfriend, that is not a time to quit or to doubt yourself. That is a time to stay committed to the end result and do what it is that you need to do in order to make that end result happen. So now back to, that was just my little 
nugget about how I met resistance in her way community, that one simple, like in a flash in 10 minutes, it changed from like super high energy to low energy. And, um, I just wanted to share behind the scenes because I think it's important to be honest about how we feel because so much of entrepreneurship is the emotion and the mindset piece of it. Now I have another story coming up very shortly that I think is just another learning lesson. So once I going back, like once I knew I was going to do the webinar, I needed to actually create the webinar, which was again, a lot of content creation as well, because there's a strategy that goes into perfecting a webinar. And for me, putting my webinar together and creating the strategy, I went back to a book called Dotcom Secrets that is written by Russell Brunson, who is the founder of ClickFunnels. I'd already read the book. And so it was just really easy for me to go back and review and pull out notes and nuggets to help me create my webinar. And what had happened during one of my first three web, actually the first webinar out of the three, I made a massive error. So prior to the webinar, I tested everything, the sound, the audio, I mean everything. So when it came time to do the actual webinar, I didn't have to focus on anything else except just showing up and doing my thing because I knew how all the tech and systems work. So I got to the webinar, it was Monday night and everyone started coming into the room. I was ready to go. I was also really nervous because this was my first webinar that I had prepped for. I'd use a strategy and it was just a lot of pressure, but I dove right in without checking in to make sure everyone could hear me and see my screen. And even though I was like, Hey guys, like, welcome. This is awesome. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy you're here. I mean, I thought it was great because on my end, I'm like, yeah, I'm like pumping myself up. And I was really excited about the content and the story that I was sharing. And about over halfway through people started dropping off like flies. And I tried not to pay attention because I didn't want to distract myself. I wanted to stay focused on the content until I clicked a few buttons and I slowed down and I realized that I was on mute the entire time. Now, if you're on my email list, you've already heard this story, um, but it, it, it was like, holy smokes, that entire time I forgot to take myself off mute. I was completely embarrassed. And secretly, I knew though that I was, bound, I was bound to make mistakes at some point. And so when it happened, I just knew that I had a choice in terms of how I wanted to react to the situation. And my initial guilt was that I wasted people's time and let them down. I mean, pretty impressively though, there are people on the entire webinar throughout the entire thing with me, even though I was on mute, they could still see my screen. Um, but at that point, like I was so disappointed in myself because I never want to waste anyone's time. And that goes even for this podcast. If you are giving me 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour of your time, I want to make sure that it's the best value, value add that I can provide for you in this time that you are giving me. Um, but I knew that I had to continue going on with a webinar and I had to take that embarrassment and internal frustration, put it to the side and continue moving through it and keeping my calm, cool and collected face. Um, and then immediately after the webinar, I emailed everyone who was on there and explained the situation. And one of the things is, is that it's so important that being honest and upfront about what is taking place and, you know, showing empathy and apologizing, it goes so long in terms of the respect for people and people responded and emailed me and they were totally empathetic and they understood. I didn't get any nasty emails or anything about it, which I'm so grateful for. But in the moments when we make mistakes or things happen, own them, 
just admit what happened. And people, I believe, have a lot, are a lot more forgiving in that in that realm. So that is the second major thing that had happened. And I was like, oh my gosh, you got to be kidding me. Is this a sign that I shouldn't be doing this? And absolutely not. Like mistakes happen. It doesn't mean that you're a mistake. It just means that you made a mistake and you get to try it again and do it better next time. So after the webinars ended, I placed people into a follow-up email sequence based on if they purchased the accelerator or not. And Webinar Jam makes it actually really easy to segment people, whether or not they purchased the product that you promoted after at the end of the webinar. And then um, I promoted heavily the actual course on social media after the webinars had ended through Instagram and Facebook as I got closer to the doors closing. And like I shared with you, a bulk of the signups came in the last three days, which was a really great lesson for me to learn that you just have to constantly continue marketing and promoting all the way up to the last minute because people need that extra push. They need to be reminded and that's completely okay. Let's transition into some of the key challenges and things that I would do differently next time. One of them is the launch and planning. So the biggest challenge for me was the timeline from the moment I decided I was going to create the course to launching and running the course. It was just under a month's time. And while this experience wasn't perfect because of this experience, I now can look at 2019 and really see, okay, when do I want to do launches and be more proactive and building out the promotional timeline in the schedule and in the calendar itself. But again, had I not had this experience, I may not have understood the absolute value of building in the promotional timeline. Another part is that now that I have um, one launch under my belt, while it wasn't anything to shout from the rooftops, I can improve it for next time. And so I'm observing and paying attention to how others are doing their launches. I'm seeking out content as it relates to how to do a proper launch, how many weeks should I consider, what type of opt-ins work best based on what I'm launching, whether it might be a membership site or a a price of a product or an online course, you name it. So now I have that first experience and I have a different lens in the way that I'm looking in terms of seeking out content. And then also part of the launch also includes um, marketing. So organic paid and existing marketing. There was nothing beyond just the organic marketing that I was doing through my email list and Herway community. So I would like to implement in the future, even paid marketing, even if it's $10, $20 a day on Facebook, just to test it out and see what it does in terms of the conversion. The other key challenge was it was just a massive content creation mode for basically those six weeks. I creating the webinar that had, I think I want to say over 90 slides that were part of the webinar creating. I typed out everything that I said down to just every word for word. And so it was like writing a book, trying to figure out what did I want to, what story did I want to tell in the webinar? So it was creating a lot of content even before that. And then like I shared with you before, I was dripping the course because I didn't actually create it. So every single week, I knew the modules, I knew the lessons, but I had to go and create the lessons. And so that was a lot of being in content creation mode, which my friend Natalie Bacon, who's been on the podcast before, she's created some pretty in-depth courses. And I, she just said, get ready. It's going to be a really emotional like time. And I didn't know what she was exactly alluding to until I was in it. And I'm like, I'm so brain dead, brain dead. Well, maybe that's not the right word. It's just when you do something to the level of pushing yourself and you are in content creation mode, you are just giving, 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 producing, producing, producing. And it was hard to, um, I found it difficult to find moments where I could recoup that energy just because it was in massive content creation mode. 
But then to have my friend Natalie just tell me that's part of the process, I was like, okay, that's cool. Like now I know what to expect and the feelings that I'm feeling are totally normal. And again, I wouldn't change anything that I did specifically about this launch because it taught me so much. Um, But the important thing is, is that I did it because I didn't procrastinate and I didn't wait until it was perfect. But next time I'll be able to plan out when I want to do the launch and prep beforehand. Now I'm going into 2019. I have a better idea of the launches I want to do and when, which in an upcoming episode, I'm going to take you through the, how I planned out my 2019 for personal and business calendars, which involved planned launches. So I'm excited. You can stay tuned for that. And next week's episode is the part two. So I'm going to be sharing with you all the things that I've learned from that first, very first module one drop on that Monday in September, all the way through to where it is currently today. And even a little after the bonus call on November 6th. So stay tuned for that. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, If there's any sort of topics that you want me to cover, I'm super active on Instagram. So feel free to DM me. Um, You can drop a line uh, via our website at shedidherwaypodcast.com as well there. And don't ever hesitate to reach out. I love connecting with people as well. So until next week, I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast episode. For more information, check out shedidherway.com. And if you enjoyed today's episode, I would love for you to leave me a review on iTunes and let me know what you think. Until next time, keep doing it your way.